when you first start a business, that is not the time that, that is not the time to hire a copywriter or a proposal writer for for the, for that matter. And the reason is because when you first start a business and you have no clients, you have no idea who you are yet. You have no idea who you're attracting. So you may sit down and create this incredible client avatar, this this ideal client summary, and it sounds great on paper, but that may not be at all who you're actually attracting and who actually needs and wants to work with you. Success on Demand is like this dope sisterhood of strong, ambitious women who love business but crave success. We come together and talk self-improvement, goals, and even life stories. And more than anything, we're a part of a community for us and by us. Let's have Boss Talk. What's good, you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to Success On Demand today. I am your host, The Lake, and I'm excited to present to you guys another one of our special guests. And I'm really excited to have her because we haven't quite had someone who offers what she offers. And I want her to shed some light on that and just give us some insight on how she got to where she is. So without further ado, I would like to present to you guys April Beverly, and I'm just going to give her a few moments to just introduce herself and then we'll jump right in. All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I so appreciate it. As mentioned, I am April Beverly, the million dollar word stylist. Entrepreneurs and small business owners turn to me when they want to transform their dull, boring words into spine-tingling sentences that propel folks whip out those credit cards and smack those buy buttons. Yes, and I oh, I was just about to ask you um, about some things that I saw on your website because that and even what you just said really drew me in when I was on the website. And I just love the branding and how you have everything set up. So Thank you. No problem. And where, I, where I'll start is I read that the first time that you wrote a compelling piece was when you were four. Tell us what that piece was about. Yes. Yeah, so my very first compelling piece, I was about four years old. Um, I had this thing where I stuttered really, really bad as a child. So I'll start there. So pretty much everything that I did was in written form when I communicated to my parents. And so I wanted this, I wanted this special toy <laughs> for Christmas. Um, and I wrote a little letter to my mom that persuaded her to go ahead and get my little, my Barbie that I wanted, um, <laughs> tropical Barbie, I think it was. Um, so yeah, that was like the very first time. And I've had, you know, um, a lot of situations since that time where I was, you know, I don't want to say testing it, but using persuasion on, on my family. And sometimes we're, you know, we ended up with a not so great situation, not so great ending, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And that helped to get you here, you know, and I even like going on to, you know, the next, next chapter of your life, when you transform that into, you know, going to college for your, you know, journalism and public relations degree, what were your goals then? And what were you working towards at that time? You know, I have always, always wanted to be a writer. And so one of the things that I needed to do first was make sure that my parents knew that there were more ways to make money than to become Claire Huxtable because she said right. my mother so wanted me to be a lawyer right 
<laughs> so um, I always knew I wanted to write. I did not. I, I was a journalist in in college. So folks affectionately nicknamed me the Black Lois Lane. Oh my god! So I was so I was actually a journalist in college, and after long nights like being in the newsroom till midnight and one o'clock, I was like, "Oh my god, I don't want to live like this." Mm-hmm. So when I when I graduated, I was like, "Let me try to see what I can do." So I, I went into PR. I was working for a public relations firm, and I did some work while at the university in public relations. I was like, "Now nah, I can do this. This is a normal <laughs> nine to five day. You know, I might have events here and there, but I'm yeah. not, you know, up all night." Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got into the whole copywriting, persuasive writing situation. Wow. And you said that, you know, the the various jobs that you had at that time, is that how you were promoting yourself or did you have a, a blog or anything that you were using to promote what you were doing? No, I had nothing. So when I first, I was strictly, you know, applying for jobs, having, you know, I had, um, at that time we did, oh, what was the name of it? I can't remember. It was a kind of like a, I had, a, there it is, portfolio. I had a portfolio with every, with all the things that I had been writing in college and throughout my career. So I would take that with me on um, job interviews, but yeah, I was not doing anything for myself from like by way of blogging or anything of that nature. I was still like write for magazines here and there, but mostly everything I wrote was for companies, my, my employer. Wow. And when you were working at the firm, at what point did you decide that you were going to leave and start your own? Oh, girl, the business came a lot later than that. So right out of college, I worked at the public relations firm. That was a little crazy. So I left there, Mm -hmm. went to become a communication specialist and course facilitator, oddly enough, at Allstate Insurance Company. Mm-hmm. So what, what that did, what it, it, it's so funny how God works. I, I'm not going to get extremely religious with you, but it's so funny how looking back, I realized that every move that I made, although I did not necessarily understand it then, mm-hmm. has has um was was helpful in creating the type of life that I'm living now. So while at Allstate, I was like so afraid of speaking in front of people. So I got this job as someone who had to teach courses of new employees, like rooms full of people. Oh my and gosh. that gave me the opportunity to stand in front of people, learn how to speak, learn how to engage with people. And so I did that for a few years did uh, legal marketing. I was a marketing communications manager for, for about seven years in the legal industry. From there, I went to the tech industry because I was like, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into law firm marketing. So I went to the tech industry. And at that point, once I, once I had my son, I remember having to go back to work. Um, he was four months old. I had to put him oh in daycare. Gosh. Girl, yeah. that very first week, he <laughs> caught the flu. And I was like, oh, this is this oh is how this gosh. is gonna be, right? So I started stalking the daycare, right? Because there were some other uh-huh. questionable things that I was seeing. So while I was supposed to be at work, I was at the daycare. I was rocking my son to sleep. I was visiting him. I was doing tummy time. I was doing everything <laughs> but being at work, <laughs> right? So it was it was at that time i mean and my manager like she never questioned my whereabouts or anything like that because i was you know i was great at what i did so they were just like cool about it but it was at that time that i said you know what i don't want to ever ask another adult permission to spend time with my child Mm -hmm. and that's when i just started to start the business wow 
Well, and let's let's pause. How did you come out of like the speaking fears that you had? Because I know you told me when you were four, you know, you wrote majority of the things you needed to say. And then also, you know, speaking in those front of those large amounts of people. Like, how did you come out of that? How did you build yourself up out of that? You know what? It was definitely a process. And so though, the one thing that I actually teach people right now is that when you know what you're going to say, it makes standing up in front of that room a lot easier. So I knew, like, I had confidence in my ability to write. Like, I knew I could write the baddest speech ever, right? <laughs> but, you know, saying it was something completely different. Mm-hmm. So I would literally rehearse what I was going to say. And that yes. prevented me from standing up and stuttering and, you know, having to figure out what's coming next. Now I don't have to do that too much because I'm used to speaking. But at that time, knowing what I was going to say ahead of time eased that stress of wow. being in front of the room. I definitely agree. And I think that's with with anything, like even with the interview that we're doing, it's like I would love to freestyle the whole thing because I could come up with questions. But the problem mm. is that if you get too deep in the conversation, you forget what you was going to say. <laughs> and, then right. like, and then you're like, OK, like, no, you, it's good to just rehearse something. That's at least a foundation for what you're talking about. So you have something to follow. Like, exactly. I definitely agree with that. And there was something else that I wanted to ask you. Oh, yes. Why is copywriting and proposal writing important to a business or brand owner? Because some people have never experienced buying those services and they need to know why they should. Okay. So let me just break down the actual definition of copywriting and proposal writing. They are pretty much the same. I'll tell you the differences in just one second. But copywriting and proposal writing is nothing more than writing in a way that propels people to take action. Now, I talk a lot about smacking the Bible and I talk a lot about uh, making money from your words, but it's not always about making money. It's merely about pushing people to take action. That could be downloading your free ebook. That could be joining your email list. That could be signing up for your free masterclass, coming to one of your free events. It's, 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 it's just a, a form of writing that pushes people to do something and that something is what you want them to do right right so the difference between copywriting and proposal writing is copywriting is more of having a conversation in writing it's very informal um your english teacher would likely hate copywriting um, (laughs) simply because it is so informal it is intended to be personable Mm -hmm. it's intended to take um, and and individuals speaking their everyday language and transform it into the written word Mm. now proposal writing on the other hand is is more of a formal technical style sales writing okay you you still want to make sure you have those sales elements included Mm -hmm. but it's more of a technical way of writing like you have to answer specific questions Um, you have to make sure that you're sharing specific information in a way that showcases the benefits of what it is that you're offering to the recipient and that's what I was just about to ask you was you know just what are the benefits of these services like what are the the long-term benefits because like you said it's not always about the money And I think people are super focused um, now, especially since the word brand has really become um, more understood. 
people were really trying to figure out, you know, how can I grow my brand? You know, how can I grow my awareness, my brand awareness? And I, I think that copywriting and proposal writing um, could help them out with that. Absolutely. So one of the things that makes copywriting and proposal writing so unique is that clearly it's it's so one of the first things that people think about from a brand perspective is logos, color palettes, things like that. But your messaging, the core messaging of what it is that you're offering is so very important because that will form the foundation of how you interact with others and what sets you apart. Like there's a gazillion graphic designers. There's, oh my God, trillions of coaches and and fitness gurus. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And things of that nature. But what sets you apart? What distinguishes you from all those other people? And it's your messaging, how you present yourself in the market, how you deliver the information. Because at the end of the day, like take me, for example, I'm, I'm a copywriter. Um, and I learned the same thing that the other 20 gazillion copywriters learned, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the way I deliver the information that makes me different. It's the way I break down the bits and pieces of what I do when I'm teaching others is what makes me different. It's the way I communicate that makes me different when you put me in a room with a whole bunch of other copywriters. And so that's why copywriting and proposal writing is so very critical. It literally sets the tone for how you communicate with prospects and clients in your business and makes them want to come to a point where they're like, oh, no, I'm not using no other graphic designer. I love the way not only this person designs, but how they interact with me, how they provide service to me, how they do what it is that they do. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, you definitely just put that in a nutshell in a nutshell seriously (laughs) because I think that sometimes people think of brand as oh okay um it's the amount of people who follow me or it's just a logo you know my logo has to be everywhere but no it's so much more to it and it's so much more to just your brand identity and making sure that you're clear on what it is so that you can really promote that to others Absolutely. And at what point would you say that someone should seek out these services? Um, oh gosh, people hate me when, when I say this, but I, I'm like, uh, I'm a straight shooter. So I'm going to tell people exactly what it is. When you first start a business, that is not the time that, that is not the time to hire a copywriter or a proposal writer for, for, for that matter. And the reason is because when you first start a business and you have no clients, you have no idea who you are yet. Yep. You have no idea who you're attracting. So you may sit down and create this incredible client avatar, this, this ideal client summary, and it sounds great on paper, Mm -hmm. but that may not be at all who you're actually attracting and who actually needs and wants to work with you. So I tell people to get some, get some skin in the game, get some failures (laughs) first. I mean, honestly, get some failures first, get some, Oh my God, this is crazy out here first before you go hire somebody to write for you. Because what happens is when that copywriter writes that incredible sales page for you, it's done. So if you decide you want to change your offer or something on those lines, you got to pay another copywriter again (laughs) to do that for you. (laughs) Very true. So I always tell people to make sure 
before you hire a copywriter. And then there are some copywriters who will walk you through your, your target client and all that stuff. I don't, I don't have that type of time. So when you come to me, I need for you to know exactly who it is that you're talking to. I need for you to have some idea of, of your marketing strategy, because if I write, if I charge you $2,000 for a sales page and you're not getting eyeballs on it, that's a waste of your money. Yep. Like, yeah, I still got paid, but now I'm like, I can't, I can't use you as a reference or a success because you didn't get enough eyeballs on the page to even make your money back. I truly believe that people need to make sure that they are grounded first. That's the word before they go hiring someone to write sales language for them. I totally agree. And I love how you mentioned, you know, get some failures under your belt, because I think that those failures are what help you to understand what your target audience likes. Because if you've never had an, a experience where your target audience is like, nah, we don't like that. It's just kind of like you're in the blind. <laughs> you don't know right. what not to post. You don't know like what kind of language they like, you know, what kind of images they like, what attracts them. You kind of want to be able to know exactly what it is that your audience is expecting. And I can understand why you wouldn't take someone without them knowing that. Cause I think that's super important to having a successful campaign. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me why it's important to cover the big idea? That's something else that I saw on your website, but I wanted you to break that down a little bit on the show. All right. So the whole theory behind the big idea is to make sure that you are not just stopping at what people want or what you believe people want right now. So for example, let me give you an example, like with, with toothpaste, for example, Colgate is not selling toothpaste. They're selling, uh, a wider smile, mm -hmm. a fresh breath. That's what they're selling. And so when I when I interact with with small business owners, confidence coaches, and fitness gurus, and graphic designers, and creatives, and you know, and other freelancers, it's it's natural sometimes for folks to not think beyond the actual tangible thing they're selling yes. to the benefit and the value of what it is that they're offering. So for example, I don't, I don't sell words. I sell a way for people to be able to communicate with influence so they can attract more clients, build more authority in their, in, in the marketplace. That's what I'm selling. I'm not selling words. And so I tell my clients to think past what it is that you do into why people are actually searching for you in the first place. Yes. And you'd be surprised. There's so many folks who don't understand what it is they're selling. When you don't understand what it is you're selling, it's going to be hard for you to attract people into your brand. Yes, yes. I love how you explain that. And you just, you know, went a little more in depth than what I understood. So now I feel like I understand where you were coming from with that a lot more now. What would your response be to someone who wants to invest into copy but fears they don't have the budget? Well, for, for me, for example, I have a ton of resources and digital products to, to, to help people at least gain an understanding of copywriting. So I have a book. It's called um, Shots Fired, How to Write Copy That Pierces Hearts and Opens Wallets. I have a copy closet resource, which is an online 
platform where you can come and grab and dash with words to sell. It's, it's loaded down with scripts and, and templates and video trainings to help you be able to write email sequences and sales pages and landing pages and all those things that you need to have to communicate better in your business on a, on, on a daily basis. Now, I also teach master classes on a monthly basis. Like I like to make sure that wherever you are in your business, mm-hmm. even if you can't drop two, three, four, five thousand dollars on me, that you feel supported, that you still get the information that you need to be able to yep. tackle it yourself. So I always like to present myself in a way where money should 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 not be an issue for people. Am I offering everything for free? No, but <laughs> I have various <laughs> girl, I got to say that up front. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, but no. <laughs> right. But I do have various price price points that should be able to fit any budget. I love that you do that because especially with you meeting people where they are, I feel like it gives them the opportunity to, you know, maybe grow to the point where they can pay for some of your paid services and it helps them to get there so that they don't just have to say, oh, I can't afford it right now. I'll come back later. No, they get to hang around and, you know, still learn something that's really beneficial to them. And I'm happy that you mentioned your book, Shots Fired, because I was just going to ask you, you know, where your inspiration came from to write that and just the amount of information that you're giving out in the book. Like, where'd your inspiration come from to do that? Um, Funny enough, the inspiration came from when I first, first started the business, I used to post in... Facebook groups like two to three times a day and I would post these these tips and I would post these these things that were on my mind and these situations that I was going through or that I would see as a business owner and relate them to what I did on a daily basis which was write sales copy mm-hmm. right so someone said to me like you should put this in a book and I said hmm let me think about that and so the funny thing is shots fired that's the very first book I wrote um it is a it is a culmination of those Facebook posts and those tips and and strategies that I was already teaching and sharing with people and I just literally packaged them up into a book obviously I had those were those were tidbits that I was just sharing in the social media posts but I I built on those and turned them into the book. And basically it's, it's just, um, it's just a write up of the basis of copywriting, like copywriting one on one, the, the various things that you need to go through to be able to write in a way that grabs people's attention. I love that. I love that. And I, I think I want to put that in the show notes as well, because I want people to be able to see where they can find that and, you know, where they can purchase it. Cause I think that's a huge resource, huge resource. Thank you. It's nothing. It's just the truth. And <laughs> what advice would you give for dealing with, um, you know, pitfalls or disappointments or when something doesn't go as planned because as business owners that happens all the time, but what advice would you give for dealing with those? Um, have your pity party and move <laughs> on. So there are a lot of people who say, no, you can't, you can't wallow in it. You can't, don't cry, just move. Listen, I am the one. I, I need to have my little pity session first. <laughs> and and there's nothing wrong with that. Have your pity That's session, it. do whatever you need to do. Talk to yourself, cry to yourself, have a moment, get your, get your ice cream or whatever it is that you do. Yes. 
set a, set a time frame that you're going to sit in that. It's going to be 10 minutes. It's going to be 15 minutes. It's going to be an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then move yes. on. You have to move on because every day, every day is a new day to do something great or to fail, unfortunately. Yes. Every day, we, we have these same opportunities. We have these same situations. And while every day may not go as planned, the next hour, the next minute, the next day presents a new opportunity to either redo that or move forward to something yes, else. Yes, I so agree with what you just said because I think that um, some people do think you have to be hard and tough all the time. Like you can't um, let those emotions or, you know, whatever. Some people may call them out. But I think that for me, I give myself five minutes to vent <laughs> or cry right. or whatever. And then after that, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to talk about it no more. I'm just going to move forward with whatever is going on. And it reminded me of this post that I saw on Instagram. And it says, are you going to cry about it? Or are you going to boss up? And it says, first of all, I'm going to do both. <laughs> Because I'm going right. to cry a little exactly. bit. And then, you know, I'm going to bounce back <laughs> and we're going to be fine. Exactly. Like, that's really how it has to be. So I'm happy that you broke that down for us and just, you know, gave people another outlet rather than just holding it in. Now, as far as investments, like how often do you invest in yourself and how important do you think investing in yourself is? Um, how often? Hmm. I don't really have a set... Like, I, I can't say every, like, well, every day I invest some type of education into myself. So I may read a blog post, a book, or something along those lines. But as, but as far as from a, from a money perspective, um, I invest whenever the need arises. So if, so if I go and I see I don't, I don't have a tool that I need or I, or, I, or I need some type of wisdom, then I go invest in it. Um, I think investing in yourself is critical because you can have 10 degree, you can have five, 10 degrees. You can be, you know, the best in your field at, at, at what you do, but every day situations yes. grow. And so if you are not staying on top of that education, at some point you're going to get left behind. Like I have a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree and in no way, shape or form would I ever say, I know everything I need to know about writing. I learn about writing every single day because I'm constantly filling my mind with additional information that I did not know. And there's things about business that I have no idea about that I rely on either outsourcing to other people or educating myself about those things. So I invest when the time arises for me to do so, to, to make it to the very next step in my business. And so let, let, let me give your, let me give your listeners, um, a tip really quick. I, I have created this 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 term for people who buy course, 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 course without taking action. I call them serial yes. learners. So what you don't want to be is a serial learner. I teach people to invest in yourself enough to make the next money move. You make that money move. You do you need some more wisdom? Go invest some more. Make the next money move. But do not keep investing and not doing. Yep. And you, you definitely caught the gist of what that question meant because I, I wanted to I wanted you to express how you do it because there are people who think that they have to constantly invest in courses and paid webinars and you know conferences and you know everything but aren't applying what they're learning. 
So I think mm-hmm. you broke that down perfectly because it does take investing in yourself, but it doesn't take um, constantly pouring into that those investments, but not um, gaining anything um, from getting them. So I definitely agree with that. And how do you stay motivated? Like, how do you pour into yourself as far as like, um, I know you said you read, um, but as far as like podcast or um, some people have like spiritual routines, like what do you do to stay motivated? <laughs> this is going to be the realest thing I can ever tell you. Girl, I got bills to pay. <laughs> That's what motivates me. <laughs> the electric bill comes in, the gas bill, the mortgage. We got private school. I mean, real talk. I'm going to keep it all the way real with you. That's what motivates me because I don't, I, this is this is not my side hustle. So I don't have a job where I can just be like, eh, I'm, eh, I'm not going, I don't feel like doing this today. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get this, get this nine to five paycheck. I don't have that to fall back on. Um, I, I am married. So we are definitely a, a, a two income household, but I got to pull my weight. So that's what motivates me. Like we got, we got stuff around here we need. And also, and also there, there are, there are people who look to me for the wisdom that I share. So I can't just say I'm done. I'm not going to do this because there's other people who are counting on me to help them grow their businesses. Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank you for that answer. And it was the realest thing you could have said, you know, (laughs) because that's really the truth. (laughs) But, you know, we have all these other things, too. But that's really what it is right there. You want to make sure that everything's getting taken care of. So thank you for that. And we're going to jump into the last two questions, which are the hot topic questions. And these are just about you. And the first one is, tell us what BAAB stands for. Oh, okay. So BAAB stands for, and just for those listeners, it's the name of my company is BAAB Writing and Marketing Services. So BAAB is, it stands for my family's name. So my husband's name is Bakari. My name is April. My son's name is Austin. And then our dog's name is Biggie. <laughs> so yeah, that's how, that's how it came out. And it's so funny because a lot of people think it stands for Beverly April, April Beverly. Oh my gosh. I don't know wow. why it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never thought that. Never. But I thought that was so cute. I was like, I have to ask her that on the show because I think that's the cutest thing ever because a lot of us are inspired by our family, you know? We're encouraged by them. Absolutely. You know, so that we can create a life that we all can enjoy, you know? So I thought that was really, like, cute and genuine that you did that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and that's that. That's what keeps me grounded, and that's what keeps reminding me this is why you're here. This is why you're here. So, yeah. yes, I totally agree. And the last question I have for you is, what is your favorite quote? And if you can't think about it right now, what's the first quote that comes to mind that you like? My favorite quote is by Maya Angelou, and at this time, I cannot quote it verbatim, but it goes a little something like, people may not always remember what you say, but people will always remember how you make them feel. Yes, and I don't think you're too far off. I don't think you're too far off at all. (laughs) You definitely (laughs) brought it right back to my mind. I love that quote, too. I love that quote. And I, I think that goes right with the type of writing that you do. Because when I was even reading through the stuff on your website, I was like, oh, you know, shoot, let me go ahead and get some of these resources. I 
just signed <laughs> today and I was like, yeah, I love this. I love this. I definitely, oh, I want to pick up those skills too. So I think they're important for, you know, a business owner at any level. So I definitely mm-hmm. want to share Absolutely. that with them. And as we're speaking about that, tell them where they can find you and get your resources. Absolutely. So you guys can find me at B-A-A-B dot B-I-Z. That is my formal website. Uh, you can pick up Shots Fired at shotsfired.co. Um, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and um, Facebook, Instagram mostly at B-A-A-B writing. Now, if you don't like tell it like it is people <laughs> don't follow me on social media <laughs> oh my goodness not the disclaimer they got to know they'll follow me if you if you cannot take what's being said so, right thank you so much this this interview was awesome and i know they're gonna enjoy all of the tips and resources that you drop Thank you so much. I so appreciate you for having me on. I apologize that we missed your initial email. Um, Things have been a little crazy. I've been kind of ramping up my team and kind of getting rid of some dead weight, Mm -hmm. if you will. So it was a complete oversight on our part, and I apologize for that. fine. I love just having these kind of conversations. I'm I'm always understanding, especially because I would want someone to do that for me if I were in the same situation, you know? So... Mm -hmm. Yes, and that'll wrap up the interview, you guys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Like she said, you know, you can find her on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can also find her at baab.biz. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Also, we are now on Spotify. So if you don't want to just um, always have to listen to us on iTunes because maybe you don't have an iPhone, you can definitely check us out on Spotify. And you can also listen to some of our older episodes on dlake.com. I will catch you guys next time. And thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, I am April Beverly and you've heard my story here on Success on Demand.